Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. I just want to share a little word briefly and, and then get right to what we're going to do in the party. But um, Psalm 105 says this. We're talking about Joseph. Our theme this month is called Dream On. Dream, press the button to on. Psalm 105 verse 17 says that God sent a man before them, before the children of Israel, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Now, the God's word translation said this way. The Lord's promise tested him through fiery trials until his prediction came true. So I'll say it this way. Until his dream came true, it tested what was inside of him and proved his character. Luke chapter 10, verse 5, I'm going to weave in there and you'll see why in a bit. Jesus said, he sent him out two by two in every city and town where he was going to go. And it says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. That word house is not the word for the place, the structure where you live. It's the Greek word oikos or oikos like you have in the Greek yogurt. And it means a household of faith, a household, a family, an extended family. It's all the people you have that you love, that you have influence with. And Jesus said, when you go to that and you find a people group, bid them peace. And if there's a person of peace there, everybody say person of peace. A person of peace is someone whose heart is open, they're a connector, and they'll open doors for you. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we wanna glorify you today. Holy Spirit, we need you to help bring this forth in the right way, in Jesus' name, amen. Last week we talked about coming into a fresh time of communicating, of God communicating with his people through dreams and visions. We said that seasons of limitation sometimes a forced rest, may actually be seasons of deep Holy Spirit transformation working, as in David and the mighty men of valor going into the cave of Adullam and being transformed into who God made them. We said it's time to switch your dreams to the on position, <clears throat> even stuff that's been on the back burner, it's time to move it to the hot part of the stove in front. No matter what you've just been through, and I, rec I recognize that many people in our congregation, in our community, after COVID, everything else have been through, or maybe you're in the middle of a major transitional season in your life. We all go through transitions and changes at different points, but some of you are there right now in a major transition and you need God to help you. Because no matter what you've been through, we said last week, you've got to launch out again. Even if your dream didn't come to pass last time you paddled out, paddle out again, 
Paddle out from the shoreline, launch out on the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. Now, today is a very special day. One year ago this week, one year ago today, I stood before this congregation and told you that the bank we'd been working with for six months on the legacy building finances had made us a loan offer, and it was terrible. I told you a year ago today that we had no plan B, we didn't know what was going to happen, but by faith, we rejected them. We didn't have favor, and they're, they're, it was a mess. It was, it, was not, it, was a, it was an insult offer. But we had no plan. The very next day, one of our pastor friends from West Virginia talked to my son and introduced us to another pastor from Cleveland, Ohio, who is also a church mortgage broker as a side job. We didn't even know there was such a thing as a church mortgage broker, especially that was a pastor. By Wednesday of that week, he had looked over all of our financials and said he believed he could get us a written favorable loan commitment within 21 days. And we'd been working on this loan commitment for about, since before COVID. So year and a half, two years, two and a half years, something like that. And all of a sudden, on the 21st day of that promise from that Wednesday, we had a loan commitment in writing, and now we have a favorable loan from a Christian, spirit-filled Christian banker up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that loves the Lord and wanted to help us build this building, and he gave us a great interest rate before they started going up, and he locked it in for 10 years, and nobody was willing to do that. To God be the glory. <clears throat> On Friday of that same week, a year ago this week, I met with an old acquaintance for lunch in Orlando, and that's a long story. It'll have to be in the next book. <laughs> but a guy that I read an article, I did something I never do. I direct messaged a guy that I did not know because I saw he's a friend on Facebook, even though I didn't know him. And I thanked him for an article he had written that was speaking to my heart about what I was preaching about that month last year, about workplace, marketplace ministry, using your job as your ministry. And I DM'd this guy on Messenger, and he DM'd me back in five minutes and said, we know each other. And I said, okay. He said, when you came to the Netherlands, his name is Martijn van Tilburg. You can't get much more Dutch than that name. He said, when you were in Holland, in Netherlands in 1999, I was your driver and picked you up from the airport and took you to your hotel and took you to the gym and took you to the church. I said, well, the gym sounds like me. I would have been definitely there. And he said, and then the next time you came back and preached in the Netherlands, I was your interpreter. I said, okay, I kind of remember now. He said, then we ran into each other one time in Iceland, but you didn't recognize that I was from Holland. I said, okay, I, I'm glad we know each other. I'm glad you friended me on Facebook. <clears throat> and I said to him, well, how did you come to write this article in English? He said, I live in Florida now. <laughs> I said, where do you live in Florida? He said, Lake Mary, Florida. That's where I grew up. I was like, what? He said, come have lunch with me. 
So that Friday last year, the end of the week that all this stuff was happening, nothing was moving and suddenly everything was moving. And something opened on Monday, something opened on Wednesday and something happened on Friday. When I went to have lunch with him on Friday, I was on my way to preach at an intercessory prayer conference in Intercession City, Florida. I stopped off in Lake Mary, had lunch with the guy and we were chatting, catching up, finding out his story, amazing story. And he said, um, what's God showing you? Well, that's, you never, don't ask me that. Because if you ask me what God showed me, I'll be there for three days sharing that. So I said, well, I'm actually working on some thoughts and working on a book. So I shared with him my, what God had shown me, the, the, the little, give him a 30 second. Out of the book of Joshua, this is what God is showing me. And he goes, I want to publish your book. And I said, oh, thank you. That's nice of you. I thought he's just talking. Until a week later, he called me on the phone with one of his team editors and made me an offer. And, you know, it's, it's expensive to do it. I mean, they're not offering to bring the, you know, back up the Brinks truck for me. They're saying, look, we have a plan. We want to help you finish your book and get it out there. I said, oh, I, I thought you were just talking. He said, no. So through a series of things, I, uh, I called my friend John Mason, who I've known for years and years. Best-selling author John Mason wrote the book, An Enemy Called Average, and now he's written like 30 books. And this whole thing became a deal that I, I just, all I did was the next thing God said to do. And it was powerful what God began to do. One of the most amazing parts of the story is that those things all opened up within a week. Stuff that I'd been dreaming about, praying about, fasting about, trusting God with for years. In fact, when I went to meet with John Mason in Tulsa last year, <clears throat> they just wanted to help me. I'd written a couple chapters and I had, you know, transcriptions and things of messages and we were, it was all a bunch of parts. And they said, well, we want to help you put it together. And they helped me tell my stories. Every time I sat down to actually write the message, to write words for chapters, I would self-edit because I'd go, this story is going to take 50 pages. So then I'd just write a little paragraph and it, it, it wasn't a story. So they said, we want to help you. So they took 12 hours of interviews with me of just telling stories and stories and stories. And then they helped put the pieces of the puzzle together. It's all my words and they helped kind of put the pieces, okay? So this whole thing came together. It was just crazy. And after the first two hours of the 12 hours of meetings with me, John Mason, and an editor, John said, I don't think your book is about workplace ministry. He said, I think this is a life message book. I said, okay. He goes, I'm hearing you and I know you 30 years. I think your life message is getting people unstuck. And I said, yes, I sent you that idea in an email in 2004. <laughs> and, he, and he laughed. John Mason is older than I am, but he laughs like a, like a third grade boy sometimes. <laughs> he has a real ornery face. And he started giggling. He goes, what did I say? 
And I said, you said it was too broad. Come back when I had a more specific idea. And he said, what did I know? He said, this is God's time. Never before since this pandemic has the whole world been stuck like they're stuck now. And that's how it kind of came into being. So I feel like I'm living in a dream at times, a dream of heaven that now makes me understand why I went through so much hell, okay? <laughs> nothing is wasted, as Pastor Lindsay saying. Up from the ashes, nothing is wasted. And what the Lord is doing in my life, I believe he wants to do in your life and the people around you. Not necessarily about books or pastoral ministry, but in the fresh discovery of your God-given purpose. That's what's in my heart. And in breaking free of the blockages and destructive patterns of the past to get unstuck. By the grace of God, we have moved forward. My wife and I have moved forward. Every time we've been stuck, God has sometimes slowly and sometimes as a catapult gotten us unstuck. We went into ministry 35 years ago because we knew we'd been called by God to preach good news to people, to help people, to make a difference for people with the message of Jesus. There are two main things that I only have time to mention that will help you live the unstuck life and see your God dream come alive in the earth. These are the two thoughts out of the text today, those couple of passages from the scriptures. Number one, God has a process. Thank you for that overwhelming response. <laughs> Nobody likes to hear that. Because when you have a dream, we all, and I expected too, when you get a prophetic thought or a dream, you go, oh, this is great, this is for now. And then now doesn't happen until much later. It's not now, now. It's a process. Joseph's dream took a lifetime to actually come to pass. He saw himself as a kid with authority doing something for his family. And they resented his dream. And it normally takes a lifetime. If you're 20 years old right now, you, you're, you do not want to hear this, but it's the truth. Your destiny is unfolding. It's not quick. But when you are living it and you look back, it was fast. It's not fast when you're going through it. Every night you have a sleepless child is a slow night. How many can relate to that? But you look back one day and they're grown and you go, wow. Boy, that went by quick. Well, it didn't go by quick those nights. The process of God is for character development. That's part of what's in the book. It's done very conversationally. One of the things that they helped me to do, this editing team, is they said, well, let's find out, let's see how you bring it forth. They said to me about two hours in, look, you're, we need to do this very conversationally like you're getting to sit down with each person and tell them what the Lord has done and help them and what God can do for them. 
And that's the way it's written. God has a process. But committing to the process is often the problem. Committing to the process. I stumbled across something on Instagram the other day and I went to write it down and then Ryan said I could show it here. So if you can click that video, I just want you to see a few seconds of Rick Godwin, a great man of God out of San Antonio, Texas. And there's Rick Godwin. Character is built through commitment. In our society, nobody wants to commit to anything anymore, whether it's marriage or a job or a church or a family. They want to float and keep their options open. But you only grow through commitment. You won't make it in marriage. You won't make it in fulfilling a dream or a vision unless you are committed to it. And the commitment will hold you when motivation won't, when feeling won't. I am committed to it, come heck or high water. I'm committed. I'm in, I'm out. Jesus said, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Never did he say maybe. Just want you to see that because that's the whole thing. Committing to the process. We live in a commitment phobic generation. The biggest commitment somebody has is what ink they put on their arm. And I'm telling you that without committing to the process, without committing to our marriage when we were 18, without committing to our, our lives and our children and, and committing to this church, everybody when we first started the church 32 years ago thought we'd be a fly-by-night because we were in a little warehouse down the road toward Bellevue and everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. Well, they'll, they'll be here and then they'll be gone. And, and, and quite frankly, a lot of churches have been here and then gone. But we said, we're here and we're committed to this. How much longer do I have to stay to show you that I'm committed? (laughs) 32 years. My life shows commitment. The Bible says, Psalm 37, verse five, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. It starts with the commitment, not the fulfillment. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I love that. And I've realized now at the, I won't say ripe old age because I'm not old. But I realize if we would have built a mega church or mega ministry overnight, it probably would have destroyed us. I'm thankful for the process and I'm thankful that I'm 61 years old and still reaching my peak. A lot of people can't say that. I'm still going up. God's still working on me. And he's not done, and I'm thankful for that. So to commit to God's process and his timing with no backing down, no plan B. Number two and last, God has a person or people. God has a person or people. Trust God for your pathway in the process. Everything happens through people. Everything happens through divine connections and relationships. Nothing about this book or our lives or this church has happened. It it never dropped from heaven. Nothing ever dropped out of the sky and just made everything easy. God uses people to get things done. And you don't trust in the people, you trust in God. But there are doorkeepers in the house of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And that doesn't just mean ushers, and I love our ushers, and I appreciate our ushers, but you gotta understand that 
in God's process, he has people along the way that you didn't even know he sent. God has already sent some people ahead of you to open the doors for his timing. Do you get that? Do you receive it? So when you're frustrated, God has already sent somebody ahead. In the text, in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus said, the household, the oikos you enter, declare peace, means that there are gonna be most places or some places where you go and somebody will respond to your declaration of peace, prosperity, well-being, contentment, health, and wholeness, which is the word shalom. Somebody will respond and they, that is a person of peace. Jesus said, if you don't find a person of peace and nobody receives you, shake the dust off your feet and move along. Some, things, some, some relationships are for a season, some are for a reason, but you have to keep going and keep moving. God has people. When you find a son of peace, your blessing will rest on that whole household. That whole people group will be blessed because one person was open. If you look at the Bible in Acts chapter 10 about Cornelius who opened the door for the Italians and the Gentiles to even come in, up until the point in Acts chapter 10, everybody that got saved was Jewish. And the Jewish leaders, Peter, James, and John, they didn't even believe that Gentiles were included. Even though it's in the scripture, but it was not their tradition. And suddenly God sent away and he sent a guy, a Cornelius connection that opened the door to the new things. So I say to you, look for the helpers. When any challenge arises, pray and look around. If they're not around, keep moving forward. You're not at the right place and you're not at the right time yet. Jesus said, if they all reject you, shake the dust off and move on. Key people helped Joseph along the way. They didn't think they were helping him, but they, the slave traders helped him. Potiphar helped him. Potiphar's horrible wife that accused him of a crime he didn't commit actually turned out helping him. The prison warden helped him, Pharaoh's baker helped him, and Pharaoh himself helped him to fulfill the dream. All helped position him for exactly the right timing of God. Later, when he helped save his family from starvation, he declared, don't blame yourselves. God sent me here ahead of you to sustain life. The big idea of the book Unstuck is to help you break free of all the things holding you back from God's best in your life. Let's have that conversation. The reality, this is not a theological treatise, okay? I'm not a theologian. I have a doctorate in ministry, but I didn't even, I realized I forgot to even include that in the biography. It was so unimportant to me. I didn't even put it in, who are you? I didn't even put that I have a doctorate. I forgot. This is not a theological study. This is a conversation to say, and, and, and listen, it's real talk. If you want, I don't, there's nothing bad in it, but I'm telling, I get down in the, I tell you my struggles. I don't tell you just all, how, everything was peachy because I got saved and isn't everything great in this world because I gave my life to Jesus. It is better because of Jesus, don't get me wrong, but it's not easy. Okay, so this book is straight up real talk, okay? 
And that's why I believe it's gonna help some people. It's the mission of Now Church, it's on the wall over here, empowering people to reach others. We want to empower you to help other people in your family, your neighborhood, at work, at school, whatever. The book is easy to read. For those of you, I've had people go, well, I don't really read books. Well, this is, this is slightly more complicated than C-Spot Run, okay? This is, this, is, this is conversational stuff, okay? This isn't deep. This is something unsaved people can read and be encouraged and hopefully find the Lord, okay? So... It's our mission to make it easy for you to reach people. I had a wonderful team of editors that brought years worth of writing and messages together in only 13 chapters. It's a, it's a hardback book, okay? If you get my book on Amazon, and you can, those of you online, you can do that. It's the paperback. It's the paperback, and I can make you a better deal anyway. So anyway, all right. The book was featured in a Vail Journal, the magazine, International Christian Leadership Magazine. Uh, books have become, if you, if you haven't been to uh, Barnes & Noble lately or looked online, books are super expensive. So we did a five by eight size. So it's not, it's not huge, but we did that because right now books are 25, 50, 100 bucks. I said, I've got to be able to retail them for $20 a piece. Make me a book like that. So it's 234 pages, it's a lot of information, a lot of great stuff going on, but I want you to know about it, okay? Now, today only we're doing a super sale, and I'm not a, I'm not a book salesman. As Pastor Chris mentioned, I'm a steward of a message. God gave me the message. I wish I could just give everybody a free book. I gave you a free magazine. I wish I could afford to give everybody a free book. I can't. I wasn't supposed to say this, but I'm just gonna tell you, the church didn't pay anything for this. This is me and my wife stepping out of the boat and taking our life savings to finish a book and to get it out there, okay? Every dime we paid for personally with blood, sweat, and tears. Jesus' blood, our sweat, the devil's tears. So, they, they retail for 20 bucks, Today, the best we could do for one book is 18 bucks, and we'll throw in a free magazine or however many magazines you want. We have bundles back there. Pastor Chris is going to tell you how to do this in a minute. Um, three books and a magazine for 40 bucks. And for five books or more and magazines, whatever you want, $60, okay? I've already signed some copies for those of you who don't want to wait in line because it'll make it more valuable if you're giving it away, whatever else. And listen, we did this in the fall because of, of, we all have hard to buy for people that need Christmas gifts. This is the perfect gift, okay? So give this to your annoying neighbor and help pray for him Pray for them to, to, to know the Lord, okay? So I'm gonna be sitting over here and I'll sign copies. We have a, in all the bundles, one, the first, one of the books in the bundles is already signed in case you can't wait in the line, okay? Finally this, we need help distributing some of the magazines. One of our team came up and said, hey, what if 
people would you put these in doctors and dentist offices and waiting rooms and break rooms, employee break rooms at the office, ask permission, of course. We'll, we want to get as many of them out there. If you, you can take as many as you'll give out, okay? So that's, that's all I ask because it's a, it's, a, it's a moment, it's a message. For those of you who've been, some of you already asked me this, <clears throat> my publishing team right now is working on a devotional for you version, the app, the Bible app, and it will be, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to get the edited stuff this week to approve it. So that should be on very soon. Uh, we also have a small group Bible study, a study guide. Uh, all 13 chapters are done in questions and answers and things. And we're going to do it as a church when we get back to Wednesday nights, when we get into the new building. When the legacy building is done, we're going to do this. But you, you're welcome to start that early if you wanted to, uh, if you want to get those. We don't have them in the room, but we can make them available to you. Finally, online campus, there's going to be a QR code for you to get your books sent to you in the mail uh, through our publisher, Avail, okay? Get them in the mail through our publisher, Avail. I need a beat. No, 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 no. Anyway, so anyway, I just want to pray for you. We love you so much. We appreciate you. We're going to let you go. We got donuts. We got coffee. Uh, we got some really good coffee. I'm hoping it tastes good. We got some really good coffee. We're trying out different coffee uh, roasters locally for our new legacy cafe coming in the new building. So that's coming, and we have a little deposit of that today. So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for revealing Jesus to us. Thank you for working in our lives. I pray for every person here in the sound of my voice, whether in the room or online. I pray that you'd minister to them. I pray that you would help them through the process and get them to the right people that will open the right doors at the right time. In every moment, reveal the helpers, especially the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you 